All right. Okay, so today is going to look a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to explain what we're doing today. So let's pray. Uh, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for this time that we get to spend together. Thank you for uh, the people sharing today. God, thank you for how you've changed them and transformed them and uh, what you've done in their life. Thank you for the boldness that they have to come up and share. Um, God, I pray for them. I pray that you'd calm their nerves. I pray that you would speak through them. Open our hearts and minds to hear what you have to say uh, to all of us uh, through what you've done in them. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to give a a quick recap for those of you guys who haven't been here the last couple weeks. We've been in this series called Close, talking about how we get close to Jesus. Okay, the first week we talked about how all relationships require three things, time, transparency, we have to be vulnerable with somebody, and uh, trust, which is probably the hardest to develop. But we also, just like other relationships, we have to do that with God as well. And the second week, we talked about how that is the greatest thing you'll ever do in your entire life. And then we got really practical and talked about what that actually looks like on a day-to-day basis. We talked about what a quiet time is and how to have it in a specific way. We taught you guys the SOAP method. So if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go back this week and listen to that sermon on YouTube. Uh, You'll get it explained to you again tonight in your small groups. Uh, But today, we have a few people who are awesome um, that are gonna share their experience with this particular method, but more importantly, with spending time with Jesus and what that has done. Uh, I have a verse I wanna share before we get started. It is in Acts Chapter 4, verse 13, it'll be on the screen. It says, uh, this was, these Pharisees, these uh, religious leaders were uh, accusing and, and, and antagonizing Peter and John. Uh, and they're, Peter and John are a- answering all of their questions boldly. And it says this, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That's the difference, right? They had been with Jesus. They didn't need all this education. They didn't need all this, this, this pedigree. Uh, they had been with Jesus, and it changed everything. And the reason that we have these three up here sharing is because they, had spent, they have spent time with Jesus, and it shows in their life and how they live and how they treat people. Uh, and they're going to share their experience uh, with that. So if you have notes, please take notes. I think that's really important. We can, we can listen to these guys and be like, well, that was really good and then move on with our life. But we can also listen to these guys and like that right there, what he just said or what she just said, I wanna apply that to my life. I want God to change me in that way. And he can and he will. Uh, And so listen up. It's gonna be practical, it's gonna be helpful. The first up we have Gunnar Green, uh, who's gonna get up here and share. And I'm super excited. Um, We're gonna cheer for them a lot because this this is gonna be awesome and I'm excited. Ready? Ready. Go get them. Awesome. How's it going, everybody? Well, guys, I'm super excited. Uh, when Bryce first asked me if I wanted to uh, speak for young adults and all that, I was like, oh, boy. Uh, sure. So, um, yeah, I really uh, I wanted to really get this to be practical. When he first asked me, I was really racking my brain about some stuff I could share. And uh, the whole series that we've been going through has been really practical, you know, how to read your Bible and journal. So I definitely want to stick with that theme. And uh, I just thought back to when I first started to... Uh, decide to make a decision to read the Bible and uh, some of the things that failed me early in the beginning and some of the things that have now really helped me to uh, continue to read the Bible consistently um, and journal with that. And really what it all boiled down to, and I was thinking about it over and over again of like why I decided to 
keep reading the Bible consistently was that I needed a why. Um, that's with a capital W. I needed a why. Um, and I think just without a why, I think that um, I, just, I just don't believe that your consistency is going to last. I think it's going to have an expiration date if you don't have that why really solidified and uh, locked into community. Um, Kids love the question why. I have a son who's four, and he is definitely getting to that stage of asking the why question all the time, which is awesome because he's just learning so much. And I think that so much of his, um, his belief in how the world works is just being shaped because of that why. Um, and I think that we just really forget the importance of that question really quickly after we get out of that stage. Um, it's so much easier for us to assume that our intentions are great and that we kind of have it all figured out. Um, but that can be really hard to maintain with just... Um, trying to do it with willpower or trying to read the Bible with willpower, that that can get really old. Uh, the verse that I pulled out for this, um, Bryce was sharing with me when I was talking with him about it, is Proverbs 16.2. That's that all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but motives are weighed by the Lord. And uh, before you really can commit to anything in life, I just feel like it's so important to start with that why, start working that out. Um, I was even thinking just about like working out with dating, um, with reading your Bible, with anything that you're going to start new in life. If you don't have that why solidified, I just feel like you're either going to be doing it with the wrong intentions or you're just not going to have enough motivation to keep it going uh, over time. Um, I know that when I was first kind of told to start reading the Bible uh, consistently by my uh, previous um, uh, small group leader, He's like, man, like, you know, why would you not want to read the Bible, you know, consistently five days a week, seven days a week, um, just like make it a habit? And I was like, well, I don't really have a good enough reason why. I was like, but I, and he's like, why, why not? Why wouldn't you do it? I was like, well, I did, I, there's a why not. I could work with a why not for a while. So for a long time, it was just a why not. So there was not a why not good enough to get me to stop reading the Bible for a few years. But eventually that just didn't, uh, it didn't last. I didn't have a good enough reason to keep doing it when things were hard. And eventually those why nots started to come up. Uh, why not was uh, change. Uh, there was a lot of change that was going to be involved if I wanted to keep um, pursuing that. There was a lot of hard conversations. There was a lot of difficult decisions I was going to have to make. And I just wasn't willing to at that point in life. And so uh, it just became easier and easier to say no. And uh, coming back to it this time, I wanted to come to it with a different approach because I just knew uh, how easily that was to fail the last time. Um, so I really came, uh, I was reading a book about uh, formation and just how we're changed as human beings uh, by God. And I realized that uh, just how often God talks about us as clay in the Bible. Um, and even if you look at any uh, sociological stuff, like we're just constantly being changed by our environment. Um, whatever in the culture is the loudest voice that you allow in is going to be changing you. And uh, I just came to this realization that uh, formation really wasn't an option for me. If I was going to let that be my why, just formation wasn't an option. But what I chose to get formed by was going to be my option because I, I had lots of options to be changed into a lot of different things with how, uh, how loud culture is in these days. I could let media do it. I could let social media do it. I could let friends do it. Um, I could let my wife do it. Um, I could let my kids do it. And I just really uh, decided that I was tired of being formed uh, by so many things. And um, I decided if I was going to come back uh, to reading the Bible consistently, I was going to do it uh, with the hope that I'd be formed um, into the image of God. And so, uh, really, I want to make this really, really practical. Uh, first off, I think community is going to be really huge with this. Um, that was something I definitely needed. Uh, but first off, I think the number one thing uh, that changed is when I sat down and had a conversation uh, with somebody who's further down this road with me, which was Bryce, and I was just talking with him about the why of why I wanted to read the Bible again, why I wanted to be uh, kind of consistent with that. And um, so the number one thing I'd say that would really help me was sitting down with a mentor, talking through uh, the why, and just following that down the path. You know, he's like, you know, why do you want to read the Bible? And I was just thinking like, man, well, I, you know, I want to be consistent with it. And it's like, okay, well, why do you want to be consistent with it? Well, because you know, I used to, and now I'm not. Okay, why? 
do you want to be consistent with it now? Well, because I, you know, and I just had to keep going down that path until eventually I kind of stumbled upon the idea that I was being changed already. I didn't like how I was being changed, and I wanted to be changed differently. And the second thing um, that I definitely didn't have the first time around doing this uh, that I'm getting now just because of the small groups that we have uh, here, which is so awesome, is um, community. So taking that why, sharing it in your community. Um, hopefully that community is here tonight with you guys. Hopefully it's your small group. Um, it could be um, different if you have another uh, area of life where you want to share that. Um, but I think if you don't share that in your community and you don't have anybody else holding you accountable, I think that why is going to get really fuzzy after a while. I think it's be really easy to um, lie to yourself over time and just let uh, some of that slip. Um, so there's two steps. You're just finding a mentor who is um, further down the path than you. It doesn't necessarily have to be your small group leader. I, hopefully that person is um, uh, somebody who can do that with you. But even if it's a parent or a um, relative or um, somebody that you're just friends with who maybe has a little bit more uh, going on this journey, that'd be awesome. And then sharing that with your community. Um, one of the last things I just want to touch on, um, when I first started to get around with the uh, um, journaling and reading the Bible and journaling. I really wasn't a big fan of the journaling at first, especially as a dude. I had five sisters. They all journaled. I was like, not interested. Um, and over time, I, my heart started to kind of be like, well, maybe there's something to this. And I asked my uh, uh, first small group leader who was talking to me about this, I was like, why, why would I journal? I was like, I just don't see it anywhere in the Bible. That was kind of my, my thought. I was like, I've been reading the Bible for a while. I've never seen anything where it said to journal about it. So I don't, I'm not really on board with this. And uh, one of the things he uh, kind of exposed to me was just the fact of meditation is in the Bible all over the place. And uh, really just being allowed to uh, sit there and soak up the information that you're, you're taking in and just be able to uh, be receptive to that. And uh, even James talks about uh, in the book of James, in the Bible, he talks um, that you don't want to be like a person who goes and looks at a mirror and then walks away and forgets what you look like. That'd be really pointless. And I think if we have a solid why of why we want to be changed or whatever that is for you, and you're going to uh, the Word and you're, you're pulling stuff out, that's awesome. But if you're not really allowing it to absorb, uh, I just don't think that's going to be beneficial. Um, so that acronym that we're using uh, so often now, SOAP, um, the scripture, uh, one thing that I was just kind of writing down what that means to me is the scripture is just what does it exactly say? What's the exact words of the text? And being able to write that out just really gave me um, the ability to kind of memorize it easier, uh, not word for word all the time, but that just made it a lot easier to bring it back into my uh, head when I needed to. Uh, the observation, you know, what do I hear this actually saying? The application is what can I do? And I never used to write out my prayers for the last part, but then I realized that uh, Writing out that prayer is what can God do about this? Because I can do a lot. Um, you know, I can observe a lot about the text. I can read a lot of the scripture. But if I'm not allowing God to do his part, uh, then I just don't think it's going to change me um, to the maximum way that it can. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for you guys. I think this is going to be an awesome um, uh, time for us to be able to dive into this in the next uh, bit. And I really want to challenge you guys one last time. Uh, those, two, those two steps of figuring out exactly what your why is, solidifying that, and then sharing that in your community. So on to the next one. Sweet. Awesome. That's so good. What is your why? Because if we're going to do this, and hopefully you guys are on board with doing this, reading your Bible, spending time with Jesus, why? Because if it's because I should, you're probably not going to do it for very long. That is a super good advice, super helpful. Thank you, Gunner. Okay, next up, Ryan Broder. Give it up. How's it going, guys? Uh, so as we've kind of been going through this series, um, it's really reminded me of the first few times I was challenged to get in the Word and actually have a quiet time with God. And I kind of wanted to share my experience with that and kind of what's been really helpful for me 
um, in my quiet time with God. And so I remember growing up, um, I grew up in the church. I remember going to Bible camps and just throughout my entire time in church, it was always preached that getting into the word of God is the most transformative and most important thing you can do as a Christian. It's the best thing you can do to grow in your relationship and truly have a personal relationship with Christ. And I remember hearing that and I would get so excited. I'm like, wow, this is something I want to attain. I want to have that really close relationship with God. And so I would hear that. I would go home. I would open up the word and I would journal. I would pick a passage. I would read it. And I remember thinking after I read it, I was like, wow, like, this did not feel that transformative. I, I read these words. They kind of made sense, but not really. And then if you were to ask me the next day what I read, I really couldn't tell you. And so I thought, maybe, maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Maybe I'm not doing it right. So I would go to um, the pastor or I'd go to my dad, and I would be like, what is a transformative passage that you've read? And I was like, I'll just find a really good passage, and I'll read that, and that'll really change me. And so they would give me a passage of, this changed my life. And so I'd go home. I would read it, journal it, pray about it. And then still, it was just like, man, I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of this. It was so discouraging because I felt like I was doing everything right. I was doing you know, what was being told from the stage as far as making the time, reading the word, but I did not feel transformed whatsoever. And so I remember being so discouraged. And so even as we've been talking about that, I remember that feeling that I had the first time that I started getting in the word and it was just not, it wasn't fun because I wanted to have that relationship, but it just felt like I wasn't getting anything out of it. But as I've talked to people and as I've really read the word, there's been two things that have really had an impact on my quiet time and just how I've been able to understand God's word. And the first thing is utilizing the Holy Spirit. Um, in the Bible, there's several verses that talk about God sending us his Holy Spirit to understand scripture. Um, one of them I want to read is John 14, 26. I don't know if it'll be on there. Um, yeah, so it's, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send him, send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Um, and then another verse is James 1, 5. So if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And I remember reading these verses, and it was really hard for me to grasp the idea of the Holy Spirit. But it gave me so much confidence that God was telling us he'll send us his spirit and he'll show us what he wants us to understand and he'll give us wisdom through his words. And so I remember looking back at the times where I struggled to get anything out of the word and I realized that I had the perspective of what am I trying to get out of this passage. I was looking at the passage and I was trying to find verses in there that made me feel good about myself, would, something that I could do that I was comfortable with and I was realizing that what I was trying to write down and think about were the verses I wanted to see, and they weren't what God was trying to tell me. And so claiming the promises of these verses, what I would do is before I would get in the word, I would pray, like, God, give me, you have the Holy Spirit in me. I'm a believer of Christ. You've promised the Holy Spirit. Show me what you want to see in this passage. And I remember that was such a liberating feeling of I don't have to be the one to understand this passage or to find the right verse, but instead I'm going to read this passage and God's promised he's going to send the Holy Spirit and he'll show me what he wants me to learn that day. And then the other thing that was super impactful for my quiet time um, was just picking out one single verse in the passage. And so there's lots of really good passages out there. I remember reading through them and thinking, wow, there's seven or eight good things. I'm going to write them all down and remember all of them. 
And the next day, sure enough, I would maybe remember two of the topics that were in this passage, but quite frankly, I didn't, it didn't have an impact on me. But when I started looking at one individual verse, I would take a passage, I would look for one individual verse, I would write that verse down, and I would, when I was looking for that verse, it wasn't, what am I trying to learn? It was, God, show me this verse. And so I would read through the passage, I might read through it twice, and I would find the verse that I felt like God was speaking to me, I would write it down, and then I would take a step back and be like, what is this verse trying to say? Like, why does God want to show me this verse? And then I would write down the why, like, what is this verse trying to say? And it's like, okay, now that I understand this verse, how can I apply this verse? And simply break it down, like, how tomorrow can I let this verse make an impact on my life? And I remember after doing that, the next day, when I just focused on this single verse, I would remember it. And it was like, wow, all of a sudden, I had this quiet time, and then the next day, I was remembering that verse, and I wanted to apply that verse because I wrote down why it applies to me and how I can personalize it. And so I remember just thinking that this is what it means to um, be transformed by the Holy Spirit and to truly walk with God's word because the next day I would remember the verse and I had that passion of wanting to learn by it. And so um, that's been my experience with quiet times um, and just it was, I really want to say, like, it was a struggle at first. It was not something that I just started reading the word and it just made sense and I felt transformed right away. But it was um, asking people and really just claiming God's promises of sending the Holy Spirit to guide us and guide me um, and then focusing on that verse. So as we're diving into the SOAP method, I really want to challenge you guys, first before you go, um, to pray and ask God what he wants to show you. Not what I want to see, what you want to read, but ask God to just reveal that verse that he's trying to speak to you today. And then once you find that verse, I'd really challenge you to focus on that verse, write it down, and think, what is God trying to tell me in this verse, and how can I apply it to my life? And I really do think that'll make a big impact on how you guys um, can read the word. Sweet. Good job. That's awesome. Yeah, crazy. It's, uh, it's funny, he started out with uh, trying to get you guys to read the Bible and journal with, hey, this didn't work for me. But then it did, because the difference between information and transformation is God. Crazy how that works. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Super helpful, super impactful. Okay, we have one more, last but definitely not least, Jess Reed, the pastor's wife. Gosh, but that's not all she is. Here we go. Um, I didn't hear any of the guys beforehand, so they did a great job. Um, but uh, I just wanted to start with a question. Um, have you ever heard someone say, Jesus changed my life, but you didn't really know what that meant or what that actually looked like? Um, I think people genuinely mean that when they say that, but until a few years ago, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't understand it. I didn't really feel like anyone could tell me like what that looks like in their day to day. Um, but through relationship with some really amazing people, I have uh, discovered what that means and how Jesus translates to everyday life for me. And I'd really love to share with you my story. Um, so I grew up as a pastor's kid and I uh, very quickly learned how to please people. Um, I felt like people were looking at me and judging my dad based off of my behavior. And so I tried so hard to read my Bible to please him, and it was so boring. 
I just had no interest. I'm sorry, I'm being honest. Um, I could never establish a consistent pattern, and I continued to struggle with this um, through college. I started to do it when I felt guilty. I would read, or if I needed to do well on an exam, I would do it, um, and I just couldn't figure out what the big deal was about the Bible. And similar to Ryan, I would, like, read and be like, okay, cool, and then didn't think anything of it afterwards. Um, and also, at college, I no longer had a church community, and so I essentially isolated myself from God uh, between not reading and no community. And uh, I found out very quickly that I was in a very vulnerable state like that. I entered college very naive, but over four years, I collected a lot of baggage there. Um, I got involved in partying, um, and I had a lot of really toxic friendships and got into some really unhealthy um, relationships. And uh, I remember hiding all this from my parents because I was afraid of disappointing them, and I hid it from everyone who knew that my dad was a pastor. Um, and I started getting really caught up in hiding and not wanting people to find out rather than um, caring about what I was doing was wrong. And I came home from the fall semester of my senior year and just realized I was absolutely miserable. And I was so far from God and didn't know how I had gotten there. And I wanted to make changes, but I didn't know where to start. And that is when I met Bryce. <laughs> He was the first man I pursued that had his own real walk with Jesus, and he asked me my story, and I felt this overwhelming need to share who I really was, but I was like, oh my gosh, like, he wants to be a pastor, he's probably never partied before, he's probably never had crossed any sexual boundaries, I am totally going to screw this up if I tell him who I really am. Uh, but I was so scared, but I listened to this feeling to, to share with him, and I was 100% honest about everything that I had done and who I was, and he then told me his story, and I realized he wasn't perfect either, um, and he later told me that me being honest actually made him more attracted to me, and that was one of the first memories I have of someone from the church liking me more or wanting to be friends with me because I was real and I wasn't saying what I thought they wanted to hear. Um, so anyways, as our relationship progressed, I asked him to do a devotion together and he showed me the SOAP method that everyone has been talking about. And um, he shared with me that first time we did together um, what he had gone out of his time and I was just like shocked. I had never heard of someone my age getting so much out of a passage. And so um, I started journaling and um, I started to really actually get excited about reading my Bible and uh, started understanding um, and just growing a ton and seeing God change my heart. And it was also just a really cool experience to have somebody there with me um, that was also getting excited for me when I was learning something or just had a breakthrough or whatever. Um, and so I know the boys have already touched on this, but I just strongly encourage you to read your Bible and journal, but also to read with somebody um, or at least be sharing with somebody what you're reading. 
I know for me, God used Bryce, but he can use anybody, um, a friend, a sibling, a small group leader, um, and he often uses more than one person. Um, there's a woman named Anna back in Pennsylvania who is the craziest, like most amazing person I know, and um, she poured into me and I learned a ton from her. Um, and so, yeah, anyways. Um, I just had really enjoyed reading with Bryce, and um, I actually am currently getting to read the Divine Mentor book, which is something that we've talked about a little bit, with one of my small group girls, and it has been um, just, like, so cool watching God change her and grow her. Um, anyways, so since committing to reading God's Word, I have changed and grown a ton, like I've said, and honestly... Um, I wouldn't say life's gotten easier because of reading. In fact, I would actually say it's gotten a lot harder. Um, my family was essentially pushed out of the church that I grew up in. Um, Bryce moved across the country, and a year and a half later, I left everything and everyone I knew uh, to come here. And I didn't have a job. I didn't know anybody. And I did not want to be here. <laughs> Um, I was pretty adamant about not coming, and um, through all the inconsistencies and changes and people coming and going from my life, the one thing I really had genuinely committed to was reading and journaling, and I honestly believe that I was able to be obedient when God asked me to come here because of the work he was doing in my heart through the daily time we were spending together. And although I was super uncomfortable moving here, I have been so blessed by some of the most life-giving friendships at Real Life and people that challenge me in my faith and make me a better person. And I know this paints a really pretty picture of how things work, and I know that this isn't always true. Um, and I honestly still struggle and still get angry with God, but I just openly hash it out with him. Um, sometimes the prayer part of the soap in my journal is pages and pages long. And sometimes my anger or frustration doesn't get resolved in one morning. Sometimes it's a week or a month. And sometimes I seek the wisdom of those who God has put in my life. And I think that's why he calls us to be in relationship and to help each other and listen and do life together. Oh, man, I do not have it all figured out, and I still find something new to work on every single morning, I swear. But I am just proud to be standing here when, when I think about it. I'm just in awe of what God's done in my life. I could have never predicted any of this. If you asked me five years ago if I would move to Idaho, I would have asked you where Idaho is located in the United States. <laughs> um, but God has truly took an incredibly lost young woman and is getting to use my broken story. And so I hope that you hear the two irreplaceable things in my life has been committing to reading my Bible and journaling and having relationship with Jesus-loving people that challenge me and that I allow to speak in my life. So thank you. Thank you. So good. So helpful. Thank you, Jess. Man, that was so good. Um, yeah, no, life is not easy, and this is not a fix. So if, if that's what you're hearing us say, that spending time with Jesus and journaling and reading your Bible is this fix, that's going to fix things in your life, um, it's not. 
it's going to help you and enable you to go through life in a way that honors God. Um, so thank you, guys. You guys are all so awesome. Can we give them another hand? Good job, for real. That was so good, so helpful. Well, hey, right now we, uh, we're going to worship. We're going we're gonna to sing some songs together. Um, what I would encourage you to do is think about what you heard in their stories, in their testimonies, in their challenges um, for you. Think about those things as we're worshiping. We're going to go to small groups later and talk about these things and practice this together. Uh, one of the things that Jess said that I loved was that we're not supposed to do this alone. Part of the reason that she was able to continue to do this and spend time with Jesus was because she was doing this with somebody else and she had people around her to encourage her. And our hope is that is what you have in your small group. And so if you're not invested in a small group, I would encourage you to be. Uh, we have lots of them um, and we'll, we'll help you find one that fits. Uh, but right now, if you guys wanna stand with me, I'm gonna pray for us again uh, and then we're gonna, we're gonna worship together. God, we love you. Um, God, thank you for uh, being a God who we don't deserve it. Uh, we, don't, we don't deserve anything you do for us, but God, you want an intimate relationship with us so much that you gave up everything. You died for us in order to make that possible. God, forgive us for taking that for granted uh, and not doing it as often as we should. And, and Lord God, not, not even knowing why we should do that and, and spend time with you. God, we need you. I pray for our, our time together. God, I pray that we would just lay aside the worries of this life and worship you because you deserve it. God, I also pray for our small groups, Lord, that we'd be vulnerable and honest, uh, not just with each other, but with you. Uh, God, as we practice what it looks like to spend time with you. God, we, uh, we lift this night up to you. And it's in Jesus' name.